Our loving Father in heaven, glory and honor be unto your name for giving us the privilege of being among the living today. Lord, we say thank you. Thank you for that, for granting us of your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the intercessory ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And thank you, Lord, for the help of your heavenly angels who gives us protection and guidance. We are grateful for all these things, Lord, and we ask, Lord, that your name be praised and glorified. We ask that you consecrate us to your service today, that we may do things that are right and well-pleasing in your sight. As we go through our devotion, grant us grace and understanding. Give us the ability, Lord, to learn and to grow according to what we learn. Put your words in our mouth and help us, Lord, to speak things that will bless others. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling February 16 Accepted in the Beloved To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. Ephesians chapter 1 Verse 6 The Father gave all honor to his Son, sitting him at his right hand, far above all principalities and powers. He expressed his great joy and delight in receiving the crucified one and crowning him with honor and glory. And all the favors he has shown to his son in his acceptance of the great atonement as shown to his people. Those who have united their interests in love with Christ are accepted in the beloved. They suffered with Christ in his deepest humiliation, and his glorification is of great interest to them because they are accepted in him. God loves them as he loves his son. Christ, Emmanuel, stands between God and the believer, revealing the glory of God to his chosen ones and covering their defects and transgressions with the garments of his own spotless righteousness. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, in them that hope in his mercy. Psalm 147 verse 11 But it is only through the value of the sacrifice made for us that we are of value in the Lord's sight. It is because of the imputed righteousness of Christ that we are counted precious by God. For Christ's sake, he pardons them that fear him. He does not see in them the vileness of the sinner. He recognizes in them the likeness of his Son, in whom they believe. In this way, only can God take pleasure in any of us. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. John 1 verse 12. The more perfectly the Lord sees the character of his beloved Son revealed in his people, 
the greater is his satisfaction and delight in them. God himself and the heavenly universe rejoice over them with singing, because Christ has not died for them in vain. The believing sinner is pronounced innocent, while the guilt is placed on Jesus Christ. The righteousness of Christ is placed on the debtor's account, and against his name on the balance sheet is written, Pardoned, Eternal Life. Amen. The title of our devotion is Accepted in the Beloved. Our key text is taken from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, which says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. What does that statement mean? Wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved. Our acceptance before God is qualified as being accepted in the Beloved, which we are going to understand now. But firstly, I want us to understand something about the promises that God has given to us and the privileges. I cannot find, for now, at least to the best of my understanding, I cannot find any greater privilege that God is going to give to His children than that which we see in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 21. There, Jesus himself, speaking, says, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me on my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my Father on his throne. Do you comprehend the magnitude of this great gift and privilege? Christ says that he overcame and his reward is that he is granted to sit with his father on the father's throne. Therefore, the father and Jesus, the son, share one and the same throne. Then Jesus says to us that if we overcome just as he overcame, he will grant to us to sit with him on his throne, which is the father's throne, even as he overcame and set, set down with the Father on his throne. My brothers and sisters, do you see the great privilege in this? That we, if we overcome, will sit with the Father and the Son on their throne. My, oh my, this is just too wonderful to understand, too great to comprehend. It is wanting to see the face of God already. It is one thing to have eternal life. It is something to be in heaven. But to sit with the Father on his throne, that's too wonderful for me. That is too great. What have I done to deserve such great privilege? What can any man do for God that will give them such a great privilege? I mean, the privileges are much like I've listed, eternal life pleasures forevermore, being in the form of angels, being exalted to such position, 
mansions great mansions built for everyone crowned with crowns that contain very bright stars a change of nature from mortality to immortality enhanced abilities increased faculties everything changed living in a world that there's no death no sorrow no pain everything around you is beautiful and then as if that is not enough the eternal life is already great enough but as if that is not enough christ says more than that we will see the father face to face and then goes further and says further more than that you will sit with him on his throne if we overcome of course that promise was given to laodicea those who are living at the time of the judgment the church of the judgment which is at these last days do you see such a great privilege but the question is how do we become so accepted before the father that he gives us all these privileges to the point that he even allows those who overcome to sit with him on his throne how do we get accepted is it by our works is it that there's something man does that gives him such privilege yes there is something man does and i'll tell you what that is it is not that man is as pure and holy as uh, jesus is that is from his birth kept the commandments of god the way jesus was what man simply has to do to get the privileges that god has given to him is to accept the son as a replacement for himself as a substitute for himself as we have been saying in all our recent and previous devotions the past three days we are accepted before god not because of any works of our own we have sinned and come short of the glory of god and as we know in romans 6 verse 23 we are told that the wages of sin is death yesterday we saw that the reason man did not die is because jesus already began the work of intercession from the day adam sinned reading from our high calling page 52 paragraph 3 we read the mediatorial work of christ commenced with the commencement of human guilt and suffering and misery as soon as man became a transgressor just as soon as adam sinned jesus started his mediatorial work on our behalf and that is why man did not die because jesus pled on our behalf and already pledged that he will take man's place this is what makes man accepted but i'll go further what really makes us accepted before god is the life of the son of god jesus christ jesus lived a holy life and died the death that the sinner ought to die the penalty of sin he took upon himself the guilt of man while he was on the cross he took upon himself and any man though sinful he may be though terribly abominable in his life though impure and terrible if that man believes that his punishment his the penalty for his sins has been taken by jesus he then is accepted he takes jesus place there is a substitution that takes place christ's righteousness is imputed to the one who believes and the person who believes his guilt is 
put upon Jesus. And since the guilt is now on Jesus and the person is exonerated and is free, not only is he free, if the guilt is taken away, then the person becomes like nothing. But it's more than that. The righteousness of Christ is taken and imputed to that person so that Christ, the Father looks at the sinner and is not seeing his sins, neither is he seeing him as a sinner. He is seeing him not just as a righteous man, but he's seen Jesus Christ in him. The Father sees the sinner as though he is Jesus Christ himself. Not by virtue of maybe the person being able to die for other sins, no. But the righteousness of Christ is fully imputed to the sinner when he believes that Jesus takes his place. And since the righteousness of Christ is fully imputed to him, the father does not see the sinner anymore. The father doesn't just see a righteous man. He sees in that person his son, Jesus Christ. And since he sees in that person his son, Jesus Christ, the same reward that he gave to his son for being righteous, for being pure, that same reward will be given to the sinner who believes in Jesus. Amen. It is for this reason that John said in 1 John chapter 3 verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called by the same name Jesus is called, which is the Son of God. Wow. People do not really understand this. We think, oh, when we are accepted by by Father, we are accepted and we are below the Son. But we are sons of God. We are accepted in the Beloved. The beloved being referred to there is Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When Jesus baptized, we heard a voice from heaven that says, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The father accepts us because of the son. His beloved son. That is what it means when it says that we are accepted in the beloved. We are accepted because we are in the beloved, in Jesus Christ. And then the father does not see the sinner, but sees Jesus Christ. And therefore, since he sees Jesus Christ, he gives to the sinner the same privileges that Jesus would have had. And that is why we read in the devotion today, the Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, in them that hope in his mercy. That's Psalm 147 verse 11. But it is only through the value of that of the sacrifice made for us that we are of value in the Lord's sight. We are not of value because we keep the commandments. But remember that after the person is accepted, Christ's righteousness is imputed to him not just because something is covering him but the person is still in his sins like we saw yesterday there must be repentance because if christ's righteousness is imputed to the sinner there will be power given to that sinner to live a righteous and holy life since christ is in the person in 1 john chapter 3 reading from verse 6 it says that we whosoever abideth in christ whosoever abideth in him sinneth not he that sinneth had not seen him, neither known him. Verse 7 then says, uh, be, Let no man deceive you. 
he that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous he that committed sin is of the devil because the devil sinned from the beginning he that is born of god sinned not because he is born of god and he this, this, this he had the son of god dwelling in him that passage is telling us he has the son of god dwelling in him therefore he cannot sin and this is why we read in john 1 verse 12 as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of god even to them that believe on his name as many as received him that is to those who believe on his name something comes with that you must receive power to become the sons of god and as we read in 1 john chapter 3 reading from verse 1 downward it says that it is a wonderful privilege behold what manner of love the father has given to do to us that we should be called the sons of god and that is why he says in verse 3 that everyone that has this hope in him that is the hope of being the son of god purifies himself even as he is pure you cannot be the son of god you cannot receive christ without receiving power to become the son of god and if you are having that hope you purify yourself even as he is pure to the same extent that jesus is pure and then as we said if you read john uh, 1 john 3 verse 8 and verse 9 it tells us that if you have christ abiding in you if you are the if you have the seed of god abiding in you you cannot sin you cannot say, oh, the righteousness of Christ has been imputed to me and Christ is in me and then you are still in sin. No. Because Christ's righteousness has imputed to the sinner, he then has the power. Since Christ is living in him, he is dead and Christ is living and if Christ is living, Christ cannot sin. So the, the sinner will live a new life. And that is how the father sees the son in that sinner. It says, that is why it is only through the value of the sacrifice made for us that we are of value in the Lord's sight. It is because of the imputed righteousness of Christ that we are counted precious by God. For Christ's sake, he pardons them that fear him. He does not see in them the vileness of the sinner. He recognizes in them the likeness of his son in whom they believe. In this way only can God take pleasure in any of us. God does not take pleasure in you, my brother, because of your eloquence. He does not take pleasure in you, my sister, because of your fashion and your beauty. The Lord does not take pleasure in anyone because of their achievements, whether it is your certificates, your MAs and BAs and doctorates and all of that. That is not what makes you accepted before God. He does not take pleasure in anyone because of their wealth, because of their might or because of their intelligence but the only way god takes pleasure and god accepts any one of us is by virtue of the fact that we believe in the son of god and his righteousness being imputed to us gives us the grace to live the same life that christ lived while he was here on earth he being our substitute taking our sins and we taking his righteousness and he being our example we live in his life here on earth free from sin this is what makes god accepts anyone that that is why god himself said in jeremiah 9 verse 23 see i don't accept you because of your might i don't accept you because of your wealth i don't accept you because of your wisdom 
I'm just paraphrasing it. It actually reads, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord that exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight say the lord for in these things i take pleasure in what does god take pleasure in what does he delight in he delights in us knowing god and what does it mean to know god 1 john chapter 2 verse 3 hereby we do know that we know him this is how we know that we know him this is how we know that someone knows god if we keep his commandments don't deceive yourself if you are not keeping the commandments of God, then you cannot claim to know God. And if you don't know God, you don't have Christ abiding in you. Neither do you have eternal life. Neither can you claim to have accepted Jesus Christ. Because if you accept him, you will know him. This is what makes us accepted. This is what makes God the Father take pleasure in us. Our acceptance of Jesus and allowing Christ to abide in us. And then he goes on to say, the more perfectly the Lord sees the character of his beloved son revealed in his people, the greater is his satisfaction and delight in them. He delights in them. Remember Jeremiah 9 verse 23. God says, these are the things I delight in. Loving kindness, judgment, righteousness, and the, the fact that you know and understand God. That is what God delights in. The more we know God, which is to conform to his character the more we conform to the character of god the greater is his satisfaction and delight in us god himself and the heavenly universe rejoice over them with singing because christ has not died for them in vain and the sinner the believing sinner is pronounced innocent while the guilt is placed on christ and this thing is shown in that these people, anyone who believes in Christ, does something. It says those who have united their interest in love with Christ are accepted in the beloved. They suffered with Christ, you know. You cannot accept Christ and not suffer. The Bible tells us that all that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That is 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 12. So, those who accept Christ will suffer with him. It says, They suffered with Christ in his deepest humiliation, and his glorification is of great interest to them because they are accepted in him. God loves them as he loves his son. God loves them not less than he loves his son, but he loves them to the same extent that he loves his son. And that is the reason he can allow them to sit on his throne. You see, God is so wonderful. He's not like men. You, need, you know, we usually withhold our privileges from others. God wants us to come up higher, if possible, to come to be exactly like he is in character. He's not withholding it and saying, oh, I am God. I cannot allow you to be like me exactly. The reason why God is God is because of his character. Man was given dominion because he was made in the likeness of God. Not just that man has dominion. The privileges that man had was because he was made in the likeness of God. And God wants us to be made in his likeness fully. He's not withholding anything from us. Come up to where I am. He doesn't want to be higher per se than us. He wants us to be exactly like he is. God is good indeed. 
and this is what makes him accept us and we show that we have accepted him by participating in his sufferings and his humiliation and also desiring to see the glory of christ and how do we desire to see his glory by shedding his light abroad on the earth by living the life that he lived because the glory of god is his character so to glorify jesus means to live his life here on earth that is what it means to glorify jesus the glory of god was proclaimed to moses in the book of exodus 34 reading from verse 5 downward it says the lord the lord god merciful and gracious and abundant uh, and long-suffering and abundant in in um, uh, grace and truth keeping mercy for thousands that is the glory of god the glory of god is his character that was the glory of God passing before Moses. And if we must glorify God, if we desire to see his glory here, we must also live the same life. Thank God for these privileges. I pray that we all shall properly um, appreciate this privilege and walk towards getting it. May that be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews 2.11 It says, for both he that sanctified for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren from steps to christ page 14 it says jesus is not ashamed to call them brethren he is our sacrifice our advocate our brother bearing our human form before the Father's throne, and through eternal ages, one with the race he has redeemed, and through eternal ages, one with the race he has redeemed, the Son of Man, and all this that man might be uplifted from the ruin and degradation of sin, that he might reflect the love of God and share the joy of holiness. It is such a, a blessing that even words cannot describe that one who is one with God, Christ who is one with God, came, stooped so low to become human so that he can become our brother, our brother who we can confide in. Indeed, Christ is, is, is a friend, a friend in everything. And because of such sacrifice Christ has made, it has given us the privilege to, to be with the Father. Normally we cannot be accepted because of sin, but Christ has given all. He, he, has, he, he has made the way open that our filthy garment of unrighteousness can be replaced by his garment of righteousness. But it all depends on us now. This, the devotion tells us that the more perfectly the Lord sees the character of his beloved son revealed in his people, the greater is his satisfaction and delight in them. So what God wants for us now, it's for us to follow the character of Christ. It's for us to imitate his, his ways. Not because we are righteous, no. But because as he sees that, he is more is delighted. Remember, we have been learning that we are not accepted by what we do, 
we are not accepted because of our righteousness indeed we are not righteous but we are accepted because christ has taken our place in the place of every sin christ has taken that and he has borne all the penalties which is death now what is then required of us is that we show to God that indeed we, are, we, 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 we have value for the sacrifice he has made. And there's no, there's no big thing God is requesting for us to show that value of the sacrifice. But it's simple. Just follow his character. And that is all he requires. So when we do that and he pleases him, he does not see us as vice sinners anymore. But he, he, he sees the likeness of his son in us because we believe in him. So as we have been learning and will keep on learning, we are not saved by what we do, but we can only show our faith that indeed we, we are grateful for the sacrifice of Christ by our character. So there's no other way to show our, our thankfulness, our ever joy that Christ has died for us, that he has taken away our sins. There's no greater way to do this than to reveal God's character in our lives. So while we are accepted, while God has opened the way for we to be accepted, the only thing he asks us to do is follow him. In fact, he has made the provision because he said that with, with human, he knows that many things are impossible, but with him, it is possible. In other words, he has given us the strength to be, to live up to the standard of where Christ is so that we can share with his glory. You know, when, when, when the John 3, 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Even John the Beloved saw that it's it's a great privilege indeed that we should behold. Because no amount of works, no amount of sacrifice we can do can ever take us to such position. It is Christ who has given us that privilege. And that privilege we must take hold upon. And the only way to take hold on that privilege is at every day in our lives we should reveal the character of God. We should let the world know also that the, the, the gift which we have received from Christ, they also can partake of that gift. So as we reveal the glory of God in every way, then God indeed will be delighted in us and he will ever be ready to accept us, to bring us in to his throne. In conclusion, I would like to read the <clears throat> the key text where we read from Ephesians chapter one, which was verse verse three actually verse uh, six. But I would want to read from verse one so that we understand the context of that passage to see even Paul reveling in the knowledge that we are accepted in the beloved, that God gives us privileges which He gave to His Son. It reads, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he goes on to say, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings take note all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in christ according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy do you see that even after we accepted though we are not accepted because of our holiness he accepts us so that we should be holy we do not remain in our sins because they are taken away from us therefore we should not be in our sins if they have been taken away from us and christ's righteousness has been imputed to us he accept, he, he blessed us with all spiritual blessings that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us unto his ad- the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace wherein he has abounded toward us all in all wisdom and prudence having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he has proposed in himself amen yes more we can go on but we should just know today being accepted by god is not because of any virtue in us but because the father sees in us the life of the son he sees in us the imputed righteousness of his son Jesus Christ and if this imputed righteousness is in us it will show it's not just going to be something that he just accepts us because we said we believe no he doesn't accept us just because we proclaim with our lips that we believe for more information on that you can listen to the devotion of yesterday that's titled the faith that justifies if we are indeed believing in Christ and have accepted him into our lives it will show in our character like the father said just now like we just read that we should be holy and without blame before him in love may that be our experience in Jesus name amen indeed we can say lord blessed be your name thank you lord for your goodness and your mercy and the wonderful privileges which you have prepared for those who believe in your son and those who love you we are indebted to you greatly and we see your love for us so great and we say thank you we thank you lord for your goodness and mercy and we pray that we would live a life that will glorify your name we ask lord today that you grant to us the gift of your spirit that we may be able to live in a way that will glorify your name that in all temptations we shall overcome that we will always see the way of escape and help us lord to bear the temptations that we may fulfill the will that you have for us that we should live before you holy and without blame before you in love thank you lord for accepting us in the beloved glory be unto your name blessed be your name o lord amen <music>